0: From rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and
1: opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new.
0: Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg. And Friday is Game Night.
0: Happy Friday, everyone.
1: In this episode, we are talking all about the ups and downs of villainous. In the dice roll, we dish on things we hate in escape rooms. And after a disastrous escape room in January, we're back to talk an awesome room experience in our escape room report. And of course, our Friday favorites.
0: Lauren, I'm a Disney kid. You are. I was born a Disney kid practically, raised a Disney kid.
1: You're still a Disney kid. I'm still a Disney kid.
0: (laughs) I get excited when I just hear the word Disney afternoon. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: One of my favorite songs on my phone is jazzy versions of Darkwing Duck. So when the game Villainous came out, I was super excited. Super thrilled for it. And then I got to play it. Mm -hmm. And I was mixed.
1: Yes, and we're gonna talk all about that.
0: And the thing is, Villainous, it's it's a great game if you're a big Disney fan like me, but it's got a lot of problems to it. And especially in terms of how it is balanced. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had discussions about other topics we might have done today, but I I just gotta talk about I have to get on my soapbox. For a month. I'm sorry. Uh For this month, I'm going to get on my soapbox. I'm going to talk about Villainous and how it's good, but also how it's terrible, how to fix it. And also because this month, the expansion, the first one, uh, Wicked to the Core is coming out. I'm going to talk about what's coming with that. And I mean, it's not been fully released yet by the time we're recording this, but there's enough information that I can glean how this is going to work and how it looks like they're going down a better road. Mm -hmm. So, Villainous itself, you and I have played a couple of times. Yeah,
1: and I would say it's a very popular game. One, it's sold in big box stores like Target and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's very eye-catching. So, oh, yeah. it's one that... Nice green box. Yeah, it's one that I think even people who might not necessarily play board games a lot are being attracted to. Right.
0: And and also Disney fans, you know? Yeah. So, the basic setup of Villainous is you have six Disney villains that you are choosing to play as, either mm-hmm. Maleficent... Ursula, Jafar, Captain Hook, Prince John from the Robin Hood movie, or the Queen of Hearts. And each one has their own unique goal for how they win the game. Mm -hmm. And they have their own unique deck of cards that not only helps them achieve that goal, but they have a second deck of cards that hinders them called the Fate Deck.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And the idea is, it's kind of like the game Scythe, where you move this game token piece between different squares on your own personal little board, and on each square there's different actions you can
1: take. Uh-huh. And different money you can gain. Different, and different money you can
0: gain. And so based upon where you move dictates what your turn is going to be mm-hmm. or what options you have for your turn. And there's other ways. Like one of the things that you can do is you can land on the on a space that has the fates icon, which is a little like thunderbolt cloud. And that means you can throw a wrench into someone else's game.
1: Yeah. But the thing is that we kind of discovered, especially the first time I played, is... Like you, you want people to fate you. Like some characters, you want to be fated because there's even though there's bad things that happen in them for a lot of the characters, there are stuff in that deck that they need, and the only way they can get them is if you fate them.
0: Yeah, for example, Captain Hook, Mm -hmm. he needs to find Peter Pan eventually. Yeah, the very first time I played it. Peter Pan was at the bottom of my deck, Uh literally the bottom card. Yeah, So I had to dig through the entire Fate deck just to get him.
1: We recently played it, and I played as Captain Hook, and the two cards that I needed to win were literally at the very top of the Fate deck.
0: Not fair at all.
1: Yeah, I not only did I get Peter Pan, but I got whatever I needed to um, unlock that one card that you have to unlock. Yeah, the map or something, yeah. yeah.
0: So the problem is that, like, yeah, some of the characters are a bit more open in terms of the strategies they can have. Mm-hmm. For example, Prince John, all he needs to do is gain 30 power. And that's the currency they have in this game, yeah. the tokens, the money, right? Just gain 30 power. There's lots of different ways you can gain 30 power, Sam. But other ones, like Ursula, they're very, very specific mm-hmm. in how you have to play them in order to have any chance of winning. For her, you have to get two specific items to a specific location and then start your turn that way. It's mm-hmm. not that you just get them there, but then you have to do something to start your turn, you know, and it's in that time, people can try to play a card to steal one of those items back, Uh you know? Um, And it's just, like, it doesn't leave much maneuverability Mm -hmm. for, like, some characters over others, you know? And, I mean, of course, then you argue the whole, well, Prince John's clearly easier to do, so people fate him more and more. Uh But the thing is, even his fate deck doesn't throw that much of a hindrance towards him. You know, if you don't fate Prince John consistently and always... From the very beginning, he eventually becomes a runaway train that cannot be stopped. And he is pretty much putting a a timer on the entire game for everyone else. Because either you finish your stuff first, or I'm done in three turns. Because he has such abilities to gain power so quickly, and since he only needs 30, you know... If he goes to one spot, that gives him three. That's ten percent, right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the one thing like I've noticed in playing this game, because um, the first time I played, I played with Prince John, and everyone was so worried about the fact that like I could get I, all I needed was money, and that was mm-hmm. all I needed to do. That everyone attacked me right away, and then a bunch of other people were running away with the game, and it was like you're focusing too much on me just because you think my task is easy. Yeah. And you're not paying attention to everybody else. I think one of the things that I have a hard time with this game, and the only reason that, like, I it's not that I don't like it and that I don't think we should ever get a copy of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a hard time with a game where I am not only trying to do my own objective and get through my own thing, but I'm actively trying to hinder the other players. Yeah. Because it's it's a lot to keep track of.
0: It is. And in order to be any what good at this game, mm-hmm. you have to have intimate knowledge of not only your deck of cards,
1: but, the but everyone
0: else's deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And you have to know what's been played for them. How does it work? And how could I mess that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: how close are they getting to their objective? Yeah,
0: What's their percentage goal towards that? Yeah. You know?
1: And considering each one has their own objective, it's hard to know all of the things. If you're like Greg, you've watched a gazillion videos about it and know all the things because he went down a Real rabbit hole. I
0: did, because I was in love with this game at first sight, you know, Mm -hmm. but then I got to know her and I'm like, oh, you're kind (laughs) of not what I wanted, you know. (laughs) Um, And then the thing about the fate decks, which I love the idea of being able to like do the take that mechanic, you know, throw, you know, a monkey wrench into someone else's works, as I've said. Mm -hmm. But even the fate decks are very unbalanced in terms of how they affect the other players. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times there's heroes that come out that block half of the options at each location. You know, so that way, like, okay, you're limiting what they can do or not. Uh-huh. But many of the villains can simply choose to just ignore that, yeah, power through, and you can still win. Like Prince John, the fact that he has he has to get thirty power and a space to get three power and a space to get two power are both on the bottom rows where the heroes where cannot touch. He can just bounce back and forth between two, three, and two, three, and two, mm-hmm. and six turns, pretty much, he's done. Yeah. You know?
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. Or it's 12 turns, rather. You know? But, like, it's that simple to just gain power frame, And then, of course, he has other cards that can help him gain power even quicker. So, really, he's the shot clock on the entire game. But, meanwhile, other characters like Ursula, there's three cards in her deck of, like, 20 that can completely shut her game down in one move. You know? There's... You have to, with her, dig two specific cards out of your deck of, like, 40 cards. And... You're just throwing cards away until you get those two, really, you know, because you have a hand limit and you can't hold everything. But I was playing once as Ursula, and then Flounder came up, that little blue and yellow fish that I used to like so much as a kid. And he makes you reshuffle your entire discard pile back into your deck. So all that work I did hunting for those two mm-hmm. cards is now completely gone. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starting over.
1: It seems one of the generally kind of things we, we've heard from other players is that Ursula is one of the harder ones to she play. Is.
0: There's even, if someone pulls Ariel mm-hmm. in the fake deck, even if you were literally one turn away from winning, Ariel sets you back five more turns. Just mathematically, that's the minimum number of turns that you have to now spend to fix what Ariel just did to you, which is insane, mm-hmm. you know? like, But that's, I mean, it's good that you have a card that then sets her back so the players have a chance to catch up, but none of the other players have a card that's really like that, that sets you that far back. Jafar does have both Abu and Aladdin, that will steal the lamp from him uh-huh. if he has the lamp. But if they come out and it's not the right time, he doesn't have the lamp, then essentially they're wasted. So there's so many like cards in this entire game where they're only really good cards if they get played at the right time or right condition. My other example I can think of off the top of my head is with Maleficent. She, her thing is she wants to put curses down on all the land. And a lot of the heroes that come out, like you know Flora, Fauna, Merryweather, the three fairies, they remove those curses. But if Maleficent hasn't put any curses down yet and they come out, mm-hmm. then they're a waste. They get they don't do anything. They're just essentially blocking space, but then she'll just wipe them out because they're super easy to take care of. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to negate some of the progress she's already made. But if none has been made, then yeah. your then pretty much your entire point as a card is gone. Yeah. You know? But then other fate decks like Captain Hooks, they all have synergy. You know, the point is to just beat Peter Pan and he's already tough. Mm -hmm. But all the other cards like Wendy makes him stronger. Tinkerbell makes him stronger. The Lost Boys make it so you have to kill them first before Peter Pan. So like you're constantly like, oh my God, I have to like burn through all of these just to get to the one thing I need. So there's lots of synergy there, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's,
1: it's, it's like not, not all the characters were as well thought out as they could have been. it, It feels
0: like there was at least three different people working on this game. Independently of uh-huh. each other. Yeah, it's You possible. know, And like, you take these two villains, I'll take these two, mm-hmm. and then she'll take those two. Yeah. And then we'll kind of come back with what we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, which like, it's good, but then you have to realize like, how well does this all balance together? Yeah. And I mean, I kind of get it. It's kind of like the Kingdom Hearts thing, where like they're on their own separate little world. And we're just bringing those worlds together in a way. But there's no way for me to directly and purposefully mess with you. Mm-hmm. Other than take a chance at the Fate deck. We'll stop you. Yeah, you know
1: the the other thing um, that like we've also found about this game, um, it looks really pretty. Oh, it's gorgeous. the, The box is really cool. Um, a lot of the components and artwork's really cool. The one thing that is not really cool is you have those kind of what we call money. It's more it's I think it's supposed to be power tokens. Yeah, we'll just call it money. But time. but that's kind of what it is. You're trying to collect it, right? It's like money. You and spend it's, it like it's currency. Little coins, you spend it like currency, exactly. Um it has like a little almost like stone basin like that it can go in. Almost, yeah, yeah, but um, that is, like, the super cheapy plastic. It's, like, the like, same
0: plastic they used to make Halloween masks out of. Yeah, to or like, face.
1: yeah, or, like, the things that your toys would sit in in the box. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know, yeah, when yeah. you would get it, and, like, that And really, you
0: mean like, I don't need this, Chuck.
1: Yeah, that, like, really flexible kind of plastic. That cracks, um, like, at the drop of a dime. And that will cut you, like, at the drop of a dime. I have heard that, like, there's companies, um... And groups on like Etsy and stuff that sell like better versions of those that you can buy and mm-hmm. like swap out. So um, that's just one thing that I w- kind of wish that the um, person would have done. But you actually have come up with a lot of like ideas on how you can kind of fix the game. Yeah.
0: So like some of my ideas that I've come up with and ways to fix this, right? And some of them, like I have posted other ones. I'm just, I've come up in between there. So I haven't mm-hmm. posted. And it's
1: not to say that... In- I don't want to say that we're saying it's a bad game mm-hmm. and that it's unplayable. No, 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 It's no. still an enjoyable game. Whatever. There's just certain things that you could do to make it better.
0: Yeah, so my main complaint with the game mm-hmm. is that Everyone's game is isolated. It's essentially I'm playing solitaire while you're playing solitaire. And we're racing to see who can finish their game first.
1: Uh And every once in a while you peek over at the other person to do something to them. But
0: that's not really too much interaction. Not as much agency of choice. Uh So a couple of my suggestions that I had was that you have these fate decks, right? And they're all unique in terms of how they interact with the other character. But what's the one thing in common that all characters have? The power token currency. Uh Why not make cards that are in the fake deck that have the option to come up as equally as anything else that says that player loses three power. So because everybody mm. needs to spend power to do stuff, yeah. no matter who you are, you need that power. Even if you're Ursula and you're just looking for those two cards, you then need power to play your contracts to eliminate cl- uh-huh. characters. You know, Captain Hook needs to spend a lot of power to get pirates on the board to take care of the characters. You know, Jafar needs to do his spells. The queen of hearts needs to recruit card guards right? So to universally have a card that just, and I mean, you can theme it within the deck of the art or the movie, you Yeah. Know? but they all would essentially do like minus one or minus two or minus three power.
2: Uh-huh. Because
0: then it's a major detriment. And also solves what I talked about earlier for the Prince John problem, is that a lot of the cards he has takes power away from him, but then he can get it back mm-hmm. by like defeating little John. And if he's been putting down archers all day long, then essentially you're just slowing him down for one turn yeah you know but just not a big detriment but to then make him permanently just lose three power Mm -hmm. that's you know
1: the other thing that i think is weird like because what you said about it being kind of an isolated game is um i remember specifically i want to say it was prince john he had a lot of cards that let you do things if someone else did a certain thing yeah and so it was very hard like you'd be like Hey, do you have five? Yeah, exactly. You know, there's lot, like, <laughs> there's a lot of cards that says, like,
0: if another person has six power, you gain three power. Yeah, and so but, you're
1: constantly trying to, like, look over at everybody's thing, going, like, do, do you have, do you have. And you're right,
0: it is kind of basing upon other players' games, mm-hmm. but it's only to boost your own game, not to detriment theirs. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, like, games like Munchkin which also had to take that mechanic, mm-hmm. you can do things that directly detriment other players in the middle of things. If they're yeah. in the middle of combat, you can mess with them in combat to make them lose. Or mm-hmm. you can play curses to make them, you know, sacrifice certain things. But in here, I can't really touch you. I can play Fate and hope something will mess you up, but like even still, the chance of it being the right thing at the right time is limited to uh-huh. none, right? The other idea that I had that they could definitely use in a future expansion is having a, a like a fate or action dice adding a single six-sided cube mm-hmm. regular mm-hmm. dice with the little token icons on the side of like vanquish or like plus two power or play another card and just have some kind of a payment for it if you want to roll this dice to have one more action your turn pay your power
2: mm-hmm.
0: right because then it gives the players the chance to have more to do on their turn and it's the option of do i want to spend this power Or do I want to keep this power? You know, one of the games that we also played recently was the Harry Potter Hogwarts battle. Uh And later on in that game, I won't say when you get them or how, but you do get dice. Mm -hmm. That if you roll them, you get a certain benefit. You get more money. You get health. Or you Mm -hmm. can play another spell card. Whatever, whatever. What
1: What I really like about that particular game, too, and those dice is then the villains... Can sometimes roll them yeah and they the same the same dice those same icons can mean something else when the villain does it that is a detriment to you Mm -hmm. and it's a nice it's a nice like component piece that does double duty like that that's really clever
0: and how great would it be if you had two dice you had a a villain dice, and a fate dice. Mm -hmm. And maybe the fate dice you had to pay three power for, but then it'll have some kind of a multiplying effect on whatever fate cards get pulled. Uh So the chance is, of course, with fate cards, that if you pull just two items for heroes, but there's no heroes out, then those are both thrown away. Mm -hmm. But maybe you pay three power, you roll the fate dice first to see what the multiplier is. Then you draw the fate cards and see, did I just waste an investment or not? Mm -hmm. That gives you more choice, more chance, more you know, like I said, decision-making abilities for how you want to affect your game and other people's games. Uh And because these are just dice that we're talking about Mm -hmm. that would have their own tiny little rulebook just on the side, you can incorporate them posthumously into the already released game.
1: Yeah, it could almost be like a a mini-mini expansion. Kind of like... Ticket to Ride has Alvin and Dexter. Exactly. It's, it's not even a whole board game. It's just this little tiny extra. And it's just admin. a tiny
0: little, like, one or two dice mm-hmm. that with a tiny little, you know, booklet, you can easily throw that in yeah. the box with the main game.
1: Yeah, or even if um you could even, like, have a couple cards for each villain that adds that in. Like, oh, you get to roll a dice or something like that if mm-hmm. you wanted. And once again, it's still just a little box set that can come out, you know, with that you right. can buy on top. And it's you don't have to have it. Exactly. You can have it.
0: it. It's just... It's a, it, it adds more depth. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't want that, cool. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like, there's other things that you, of course, can suggest all day long. Like, oh, they should, like, release new cards to, like, fix or add on to all the fake decks. But I'm talking, like, simple, like, this is a super easy thing to do. Uh-huh. Like, universal doesn't take that much thought. You know? Yeah. Because if I really want to go... And redo all of Prince John's like fate deck and his regular deck. Mm-hmm. I can spend a week trying to analyze that and try to make it balanced yeah. out. But just saying, hey, here's a couple cards that say minus one, two, or three power. Here's some dice that do this. Yeah,
1: well, and it's a good, you know, it's a good thing too because I'm sure there's many people. I mean, once again, we don't dislike this game; we like it. But um, I'm sure there's people who really like this game who would like to be able. You know how it is when you play a game a lot you need something to mix it up. Yeah, exactly. And like this, this could be that thing that mixes it up and makes it kind of new again.
0: Yeah. And I'm, you know, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm thinking I should just like, cause I have a whole bunch of dice that I mm-hmm. can make into custom stuff. Maybe we should try this, you know, <laughs> we're going to a board game convention, um, <laughs> you know, this month. So like, maybe I'll get a copy villain to say, Hey guys, who wants to sit down and try my home variants? <laughs> yeah. See if it catches on, you know, but, um, so let's now talk about the future. Uh huh. Right. That's, That was the ghost of Christmas present. And Mm -hmm. let's talk about the future now. The expansion. Mm -hmm. Wicked to the core. Yes. By the time this drops, this episode drops, we'll only be mere days away from it releasing in big box Uh stores like Target, you know? And we've
1: already seen, you know, pictures and there's Mm -hmm. stuff been released online about it.
0: So... What I did really enjoy about this is from the moment that Villainous first hit shelves, it had a website you can go to that says, we are doing expansions. Vote for who you want Mm -hmm. to be in the next expansion. Okay,
1: before we get to that, Greg, who do you really want to be in one of them?
0: Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs) I think it would be very interesting. (laughs) You know, like you have to, I imagine his would be, you have to have Quasimodo Mm -hmm. incarcerated or in chains, in some, you know, you have to have domination over him, and then you have to also have uh, defeated Esmeralda.
2: Sounds good.
0: I think that you know, and the and then everyone's always like, oh, but like that that movie has all sorts of like really adult themes. It to does. It It does. <laughs> but you know what? They have Coral Deville in the box, and they're clearly going to they're clearly going to use her at some point. And people are like, oh, you, is her objective murder hundred and one puppies? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like-
1: I want, I definitely want Coral Deville because um, one hundred and one Dalmatians was my favorite no, I as I, a kid.
0: Honestly, I think Curla de is one of the most fascinating actual characters mm-hmm. Take completely excising her from the actual movie she's in. If you look at just her personality, and I think she's a wonderful person to like do case studies on for like analysis and like about like writing characters and like psychology stuff. I mean, like-
1: See, uh, audience, you should know too that one of the things that drives me insane about Greg and has for the f- almost five years that we've been dating is he loves Disney so much. He loves these villains. He loves these stories <laughs> and refuses to watch Once Upon a Time.
0: <laughs> no, it's not that I refuse to watch it. It's just that I don't remember to watch it. That's, there's a big difference. He's
1: like, oh, I've watched Frasier like a gazillion times in the last two, Fraser's great. two weeks. But he won't watch the show. Then I'm like, you would love it. Like, this is right up your alley. but
0: <laughs> it, It's not that I don't want to. It's that I'm forgetful. I'm the absent-minded professor, and Frasier is my flubber. Leave me alone. (laughs) Another Disney movie, by the way, flubber. (laughs)
1: Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so, you know, I think it'd be interesting, definitely, Mm -hmm. to see those. And, like, yeah, this mature... But, like, what villain doesn't want to hurt people? You know, like, look at at the evil queen that's in this expansion. Her objective is to murder a 12-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. You know, so, whatever.
1: So what do we get in the new expansion? What, What villains are in there?
0: In the new expansion, we do have the evil queen from Snow White. Okay. We have Dr. Facilier, the one I actually I did personally vote for on the site. I I love his character. I love that movie, The Princess and the mm-hmm. Frog. I was like, please, please, please. Well
1: we both like kind of that um Southern New, New Orleans. Orleans. We like that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like for that's sure. if when we go to Disneyland, that's our favorite place in Disneyland yeah. is New Orleans. Square. And he's
0: my favorite character to see walking around, especially because mm-hmm. they get the active like like finger extensions. Yeah, super. So long he has like hands. these super long, creepy fingers. Yeah. It's like but you don't notice it at first, so it's kind of unsettling. But uh-huh. like it's like when you meet someone with no eyebrows. I can't tell why you're weird, but you're weird. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then you also have arguably one of my favorite villains, Hades mm-hmm. from Hercules. I just, I love James Wood's like used car salesman kind of pitch mm-hmm. thing with Hades. And I think it just, it works so yeah, well. It's the idea of like the devil making a deal. <laughs> yeah. You know.
1: It's a shame that actor is a jerk, though. <laughs> it is. But,
0: but like I said, I look at previous work true, true, true. and hold that as that was before time, you know. <laughs> So what we do know, though, is... Let's just start with Hades. Uh-huh. His is you have to take... Titans, which mm-hmm. are some of the allies that you would have, and get them to Mount Olympus, but you had to play them from the far left side of the board and then move them all the way to the right, mm-hmm. which can be kind of a pain in the butt.
1: I have to say I do really like one of the things about this game, you know, when we were talking about like some of the components and artwork, I do really like that your own little kind of personal boards that you have. Mm-hmm. Like I really like it's that. nice
0: and it's laid on frenio you and you yeah. it's almost like it's almost like a, a, a real time strategy game where like you can zoom out and like look at your domain uh-huh. and like think about like a general like how am I gonna move these yeah. things around? So what's cool about the Titans is that they're like super powerful minions that he has. And even every time that they move, they have some special ability that activates. You know, mm-hmm. like there's an Ice Titan. So every time he moves, he like, de- I mean, we don't have full details about what he does. But I'm sure he like locks things down, or like freezes or like disactivates something, mm. whatever, whatever. But other people in the fate deck, like Hercules and Phil and maybe Pegasus and Meg, they can lock the Titans down. They can make them turn sideways, much like how the card guards do for the Queen of Hearts. Uh But that's bad because now they're imprisoned Mm -hmm. and they're trapped and they can't move. But they're still on the board, Uh which I like a lot. Because it means you can still see your progress going, and as Hades. It could be agonizing, like, he's so close, mm-hmm. you know? And then you have to get a certain card or two from your actual deck to re-activate them and get them moving again. Mm-hmm. So I like how it's like a slow but steady pace that you can do with him. For the evil queen, you have to clearly poison Snow White. But what I like about her is that, first of all, you have to collect ingredients. So just like in the original one, how Jafar needs the scarab pendant to unlock the last location on the right. The Queen of uh, the Evil Queen needs to unlock four ingredients to unlock Snow White's Cottage. But what's good about them is that each ingredient has a different benefit that you gain when you Mm -hmm. have it. So you keep improving. And it's not just that one card that you need. You can dig for all four cards. So you're not just hunting for that one out of 40 it's now like a 10 percent chance you're going to get it rather than a you know whatever one divided by 40 is <laughs> a five percent chance you know so you have more options and more uh, abilities to you and you're going to get more buffs as you go along rather than well this entire hand's worthless i have to just keep digging you mm-hmm. know so i like that and then she even has a unique icon on her board of crafting a poison so I'm sure that you'll be able to go back and craft multiple poisons and that's how you take out characters. Because uh-huh. if you think about it in the movie, she only just really has the huntsman. And like, you can't just have five huntsmen on the board. Yeah. That'd be weird. So I like that much like how Ursula has a unique way to dispatch people. It looks like the evil queen will have a unique way in which to take care of and vanquish her foes. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate that. But Dr. Facilier is my favorite. Mm-hmm. He is the most on-point character to date, I uh-huh. think. Because in the actual movie, he's in New Orleans and he's a voodoo practitioner. And he says very specifically, I can do magic, but I can't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. Right? It doesn't work that way. I can't give myself things. I have to just hope it works out. Uh And he also deals with tarot cards. So as he's playing he has a side third deck that starts to build
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that he can build or the other players can build. And you want to pile onto him as many worthless cards into his fortune deck as you can, because when he finally plays a specific card that says that he can read the cards, he shuffles them, lays them all out in front of him face down, and he picks three. And if the conditions are right and he picks the right card, he wins. So he's one of those ones that he could win quickly or uh-huh. he could not win quickly. It's all about the actual fate that he's playing. Uh-huh. With, you know. And also, the more you pile onto him, the less chance he has to actually uh win. So once again, that's the fate deck and characters being able to have agency into his game, mm-hmm. taking more prevalence. I can pile onto you and make your job harder. Mm-hmm. Not just like, oh, I hope that, you know, Tiana comes out and does something. Yeah. You know, it's I actually have more choice into how I affect your game. This expansion's already looking to have many great improvements mm-hmm. upon yeah. this core set. And the great thing is the expansion is a play on expansion. Mm-hmm. And it has half the characters, only three rather than six. But to tell the truth, this game really drags on with anything more than four.
1: Yeah, we found that the first time we played this, we played this with a full um, table of six. And that it took so much longer than anyone anticipated. We actually... We're at somebody's house, and we brought in a ton of games over to play. You know, we didn't plan to play all of them, but we had all these options, and we we planned to, you know, play two, three games or whatever. We ended up pretty much we only played this, and we played one other thing because this game just it took so long. It was and just yeah,
0: because we did all six characters. Yeah, at and, once. What was, and what was what was
1: really funny about that time too is we actually got to a point where. Um, on the ev each person's next turn, would they have been they would have won. Like everyone was poised to win, it just really came down to whose turn was it next.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah,
1: so that was really interesting. It's a fun game. I mean, I it's not that I don't think we'll ever get a copy of it. It's hard because some of our friends have a copy, so we usually just play. Well, with them. here's what
0: I want to do. I actually want to just get a copy of the expansion mm-hmm. because, like I said, it's only goes to three, and it has two of my favorite villains in it. So why and, not?
1: And it is a standalone.
0: You can play it standalone. Okay. Yeah, because each villain, like I said, it's like. But Solitaire. does it
1: have like the power ones? It may tokens? not have the
0: power tokens, but we have pennies lying around. True. You know, like <laughs> there's lots of ways that like, and people are very creative with how they, you yeah, know, fix things like that. So like, essentially, yeah, the only things you may not get in this in the expansion is the power tokens. But like I said, guys, get buttons, get pennies, get Cheerios for like here
2: <laughs> like
0: any kind of like numerous disposable object that you can get you know so you can just keep track of get an app on your phone
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: write down numbers on a piece of paper like okay i have three
1: yeah actually i would say because because of how you sort of have this like kind of nice little player area and board i could really see this being um an ideal candidate for some kind of app or um or virtual board game Mm -hmm. sort of like you know there's um Takedo has a um oh yeah an app version Uh, Ticket to Ride has an app version and I do think that like this game would lend itself well and I'm surprised they haven't done it already since it is so popular
0: plus the good thing about having an app version is then everything would be right side up and easily readable for you Mm -hmm. because one of the main problems with this game is that unless you're like intimately familiar with this game you constantly have to get up and lean over the table yeah and trying to read upside down tilting uh-huh. your head in that weird way that hurts your neck going yeah.
2: what
0: what does the sheriff of Nottingham say yeah what, what, what does what that card is, say what? what does he
1: do yeah you're constantly having to ask them to like hand you the card so you can read it because you're like i, I need to know what he does how does
0: princess jasmine
1: mess with you again you know <laughs> well let's move on to another topic let's go to our dice roll
2: oh mm-hmm. turn <laughs>
1: So, we've had a couple, um, you know, not so great escape rooms lately. Yeah. But as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, escape rooms are something we love, right?
0: And you know what? I love them for better or worse in sickness and in health. <laughs> Till death do I part. Amen.
1: Um. So, we wanted to talk about what are some things in escape rooms which we love that we hate? What are the things that we dislike in that escape we rooms? cannot.
0: Yeah, an escape Yeah.
1: So one of mine is, and this is probably a very common complaint, is I don't like when a room has too many locks. And what I mean by that is that you will sometimes find these rooms where it is I have to get into that lock box and that lock box and that lock lock door and that lock door and that lock door and that and it's just like all you're doing is you know combination combination lock lock key 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 and that can get really old and it's just not very creative. Mm-hmm. And so that really bugs me.
0: And to piggyback off your idea, if mm-hmm. you don't mind, I also don't like it when you have too many locks. You find a code, but it has no way to directly tell you which one it should go to. Yeah. There's been times where we have gotten a code. Mm-hmm. Very specifically, we talked about this in an episode where we did a bad science lab. It was like the virus or something, uh-huh. I think it was called. And. We would get we we would find a code. We're like, okay, we have six different things it could go into. Try all of them. Yeah. But like, there's nothing that says, oh, it should go to the code that's by the lab equipment, or it should mm-hmm. go to the code by the janitor's closet, or whatever, whatever. It's yeah. just, it's it's like dummy work. Like, try it on everything, and eventually something will pop.
2: Hmm.
0: Hopefully, assuming that you have the code right, because that, that's the other thing. If you, for some reason, misinterpreted the code, then like you're trying it on all these different things. And it's not gonna work anyways. Mm-hmm. So, the idea that connecting clearly this code or this solution goes to this next thing helps me then know okay, surely it does go here. And if I get it wrong, go back to the source. Yeah, well, and, and, and analyze that more. The
1: other thing is when you like an escape room should have some kind of story to it, right?
0: Naturally. So,
1: like when you find a combination for something. That should go along with sort of the story as to how I'm unlocking this thing. Right. You know, it's not just random guesswork, right? So, like, there should be something that tells you, oh, the combination of this is this for this reason or yeah, something like, like that.
0: in a story, it can be, like, you know, maybe the person is sentimental, like, this was my child's birthday. Yeah. Or this is, you know, like, the address I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they they clearly say, I'm forgetful. I mm-hmm. need to write these things down. So my combination, because I wrote it down in this journal, that you happen to find after following other clues is just one, two, three, four. Uh Uh, Another thing that, you know, since we're on such a locked, we're locked into this topic (laughs) is I don't like it when they have a monotony of locks, meaning Uh that there's not a variety of them. Because one of the very, actually, no, I take that back. The very first room Mm -hmm. that we did, um, which was called Curiosity Shop, you know, and you surprised me with that on Valentine's Day about five years ago, so thank Mm -hmm. you very much for that. (laughs) Um, but that one had a good variety. It had the very first time I've ever seen a directional lock,
1: mm-hmm. which was
0: really cool to me when I And now saw it's it. old hat. <laughs> now I have one to go to the gym with.
1: Yeah. I, like,
0: mm-hmm. lock up our stuff at the gym with that, you know? I and it's it. a nice purple one. Other the guys go purple. I'm like, hey, it's a color. But, like, that had, you know, a directional lock. It had, um, you know, the kind that you dial in. I call them suitcase locks because mm-hmm. it's, like, you dial the numbers yeah. in, you know? They had regular key locks. They had... a locker, like a high school combination. Uh Like there was a variety of things. So it was like a good test of skills for like, oh, I have a key. Now I have three digit number. Now I have a letter thing, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. So that's good. But in other ones where it's like, here's a combination lock. Here's another same type of combination mm-hmm. lock where, like, you look around, you're like, Am I in like middle school PE class again? Yeah, well,
1: and the same can be said for puzzles too. Sometimes some rooms rely on sort of essentially the same puzzle over and over again.
0: Oh, Lord, yes.
1: You know, so not only in locks, but just they, they get like, Oh, well, here's a thing that they'll have to get into, and so we'll just keep using it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, another good thing that I think we hate in escape rooms and everyone hates in escape rooms are math problems.
0: You know what as much as I like math I don't want to pay to do math. Yeah you know? and
1: and don't give me homework. That's not the purpose of the oh, room. Oh
0: that was the worst. Uh okay so first of all this room is terrible anyways. Uh-huh. Right? But And it was terrible because they broke um, intellectual property laws. Yes. Hard. But one of the other first rooms that we did was a rip-off Harry Potter room. Uh-huh. They were using Harry Potter IP, but without clearly any permission. And yeah. We, I think they, we even heard that they had to, like, get a cease and desist letter or something. Yeah,
1: they, they, had, they ended up having to rename the room because it was, like, directly a Harry Potter name. It,
0: was, like, wasn't even funny. Yeah. But at one point... I had to do the magic spell of solving Sudoku puzzles. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? Uh, you had to sit down the, with a piece of paper. And then the worst and... part is, like, afterwards, like, their puzzle was wrong. And yeah. I had to, like, like, no, I did that right. And then the actual game master had to come in and be like, okay, no, it's this. I'm like, well, that's not what the answer is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your math is off on here. Because, I mean, I did it. And then we also had one of our friends, Amanda, with us. Mm-hmm. And she does those things in her spare time. Yeah. So she, like, double-checked my math. She said, yeah, you're good you know so yeah math problems no thank you
1: yeah um one thing that i don't like is so you could call them red herrings i guess you could say mm-hmm. they're things that are purposely there to mislead you yeah and it's not to say you know when you go in an escape room sometimes there'll be a lot of things and some of it is just set design it doesn't necessarily mean that it has anything to do with the game it's stuff for you to look at and see sure. and you know you might pick it up and say does this mean anything but when there's something that's purposely there to mislead you in that like seems legitimately like it should be part of the game right you know we did have a recent room that we talked about i think it was just in our last episode where we had something that appeared to be completely locked up in chains and it turned out it wasn't actually locked at all right like that's something that's just purposely there to trick me i don't want to be tricked Mm -hmm. you know i want um to solve a puzzle i want things to be challenging but i don't want you to purposely trick me that's not fun you know, yeah. I don't want you to be purposely mislead me. Um, there's a lot of times where we'll go in rooms too and we'll see things that they all appear like they should open and they never open. They're just yeah. there for their there was there.
0: there was one that we did recently where I remember specifically there was a sort of um, a desk of drawers or cabinet kind of thing. Um, and some of the doors eventually did pop open, mm-hmm. right? But other ones never did. And as much as, like, we were, like, kind of on a roll and kept going past there, you know, I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, but surely we're going to circle back and these other ones will open. Yeah. Right? But it never did. And it just... it it took up my mental space of mm-hmm. like I wasn't fully focusing on other clues at the time because I kept thinking about, but what about the fridge? Yeah. You know, what about that? When is that going to open up? No, it didn't it never did.
1: Yeah, or we we had a room recently where I think we carried this one thing through the entire room and in the end, we we're like, did, we, did that ever come into play at yeah, all? Right. Like, we don't know, but we carried it from room to room to room. Because
0: I was convinced, like, this slice of pizza is going to pay off somehow. <laughs> but it never did. Yeah. The, speaking of um, weird items, too, mm-hmm. one thing that really bugs me is when you have a prop in the room, and the room is so well-themed, and it's all put together, but you have something that sticks out like a sore thumb. My best example of this was once again early on in our escape room career, mm-hmm. our illustrious career. Mm-hmm. We did one called the Bunker, uh-huh. where it was sort of a Cold War espionage spy thing, and the entire room is covered in like army net camo. Mm-hmm. It's in dark olive green tones. You know, they got it's, like an
1: old style desk.
0: It feels like there should have been some cigar chomping, grizzled veteran sitting behind uh-huh. the thing, going like, "Where are you going?" You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And yet on the desk with with a nice piece of yellow legal pad, which mm-hmm. also fits in with the the aesthetic of the room, you know, for us to take notes on, we have a pen, right? The pen is a bright pink gel glitter pen
2: mm-hmm.
0: that like they clearly bought at like the the 12 year old girl's section of the local Rite Aid because <laughs> the pen that was normally in there I'm like, guys, really get basic black and white Bic,
2: mm-hmm. you know, or
0: black and blue Bic. Like, don't give me this pink gel pen. Like... I'm sorry, like, as much as any, you know, you have the right to like what you like. And look at me. I like so many cute things and I'm a grown man. But but I don't really think that someone who is in this environment of like Cold War espionage and nuclear missile stuff is going to be caught dead with a pink gel pen.
1: Yeah. Well, we also had a room recently that it was like a Western themed room. And they had sort of this one lockbox in the corner Mm. that had multiple drawers that opened. And it was totally like this modern piece of furniture. It had nothing Wild West about it. It was like stainless
0: steel chrome. Yeah,
1: it it was totally out of place. Everything
0: else is like wood and like kind of like, you know, almost termite looking Mm -hmm. kind of written and like weathered. And it like stainless steel box that looks like it could be easily in my local post office. (laughs) You know, Like, did you have your PO box key with you?
1: In fact, it was funny because I I feel like I had seen something very similar in this hacker room we had done, so I was like, did "Oh, that's right! Like, did. It almost yeah, looked right. like the same exact piece of furniture." And I was like, "But these rooms are completely... But different in a hacker room, at least it would not... It would have made sense. It would... It would have like at least." been tolerably made sense yeah it would have made sense but in this room it made no sense like it didn't belong it there. really
0: didn't like maybe if they would have at least tried to tarnish it up a little
1: bit or something or yeah. like uh,
0: put a wood veneer on mm-hmm. it but like oh, it, it just fine. feels
1: like they're they could have found a different piece of furniture to serve the same purpose or how about
0: just a different way to like hide those locks mm-hmm.
1: and uh, yeah well and that was another room that was very lock heavy uh, as well so Oh, that was another
0: room that i also had us do a little bit of math so, it
1: did, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: gosh. Yeah.
1: It all cycles
0: back, guys. Yeah,
1: it's it's funny how like sometimes the the rooms that aren't very good, they will a lot of times hit all of these buckets essentially.
0: hmm They really, really do.
1: Okay, so one thing that's a something that I hate, and this isn't just specific to the rooms, but this is specific to escape room companies that I don't mm-hmm. like. I don't like when they will have a room that says it goes up to like eight players, and you get in there, and you're like. Barely four people can fit in here. Like, maybe technically you can get eight people in here, but either everyone's going to be crushed, or there's not going to be enough room, or also, there's not enough for eight people in here to do. So, there's going to be someone who's, like, just sitting in the corner going, like, yep, I'm here, too. You know?
0: (laughs) Eight people, really? Let's call the fire marshal and find out about that. (laughs) I know,
1: right? Well, sometimes I do feel like rooms, they just say, oh, we can legally get eight people in here.
0: Like, honestly, yeah. Like, that, it's
1: legal. So, that's why we're going to charge up to eight. And you're like, but... This room isn't made for eight people.
0: Because yeah, one of the rooms that we did when we took a trip to San Diego, mm-hmm. we did the sort of like a Murder on the Orient Express. Yes, it wasn't exactly that story, honestly, no. but it was esque yeah, of that, you know. <laughs> um, and I believe that one said it went up to eight people. And I looked in my room. I'm like, the only way you're fitting eight people in here is that as soon as the first two people come in, they sit down. Yeah, yeah. Because like, like I there think- was chairs there, like in mm-hmm. the lounge area, but like you could never get back up. They're essentially going to be armchair playing. Like, did you check? No, go under the bar. Yeah, no, I feel no. like
1: only like four people could have done that room. I think the, the one that was. No, the even most... four would have been. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think four could have, but. No, four could have, but like we were crafted. There were just two. Yeah. I think the worst one was we did a mobile escape room once, and oh. it was just the two of us. And that room, I think they said it went up to six. We could have maybe gotten one other person in there with like,
0: us. Like it was literally made out of like a short bus. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's there it was I mean, no granted, way. The actual like design of the room and like some of the puzzles they had were cool and interesting. Yeah, but there's no way you could have but, fit that like, many people. You would have been so uncomfortable. Especially the very first part, because remember it's on a bus, so the first room that we have to get out of is like It's just the back two rows of what would be a a school bus. Mm -hmm. So fitting like five people, I think.
1: Yeah. It's just like essentially a little bench in a, like a little black room that you're trying to get out of. Even,
0: even one of the more recent ones that we did, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was called the cartel, which we'll definitely cover in a future episode. Yes. We had to start in a van, mm-hmm. but it's like in a good sized van mm-hmm. where like, it's actually, they took the seats out and they make it look in like your face in the middle. You know? Yeah.
1: You're like on benches on the side. Uh, yeah.
0: But like, at least that it's long enough mm-hmm. that I could be like, okay, it would be a tight fit, but then like I can fit eight people here and then it opens up into a much wider space. Yeah. I think you, so could, you might be uncomfortable for the first five you minutes. You could
1: probably get six people in there. And I have a feeling that room goes up to six. Like, I don't think yeah. they stretch it up to like eight. Like, like, they actually you know. know kind of, like, okay, reasonably.
0: Plus, also, you have to understand that not everybody is the same shape. Yeah. So, like, you know, I've had lots of friends over the years, and some of them were much bigger than others, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I love spending time with them just as much as anybody else. But I would feel personally very embarrassed if I invited my friend to come along to something and then discovered that their weight was mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah. Like, I would not be embarrassed, like... You know, like, oh, my friend is so fat. I mean, I'd be sad. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to, like, yeah. put you in a situation I made where, you uncomfortable. where you feel
1: uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: You know, like, that breaks my i am cried a little bit just thinking <laughs> about it. Like, and it's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical situation, mm-hmm. Greg. The one last thing that is especially prevalent in my mind for kind of, like, escape room don'ts, you know, is I, as much as I like complexity and depth to puzzles, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that they all, like, are clearly tied in and make sense And don't be overtly complicated more than you need to be, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, There was one that we did where there was a puzzle about putting putting items into a box Mm -hmm. in a certain order, right? And we're like, okay, clearly here's number one on the left going through four on the right. Yeah, and it was
1: like a logic puzzle, like... Green goes next to red because red can't go next to blue, and blue has to go. Exactly. Next to... Yeah.
0: It was. I think that. I think you just got the combination. Actually, <laughs> I think that's what it was. But um, but then on top of that, there was a separate piece of paper mm-hmm. in the room that uh, that unbeknownst to us was an additional layer on top of that of like not only do you have to get the order correct left to right, but now you have to put them in this correct order of like first number three goes in, mm-hmm. then number two, then number four, then number one. Otherwise, it doesn't count. And yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah, why? like
1: it was, it was complicated enough to get the, the right order mm-hmm. of them, but then to also have to like put them in yeah. in that specific and in in that particular case it wasn't clear that you were supposed to put them in in this because we put them all in in the right order going you know left to right and we're like why isn't this working and they're like oh well you have to put them in in a specific order as well and we're like well, that's weird. Like, there's nothing that tells us that we you, need to do Do that. you honestly
2: believe
0: that these MacGuffins care what order I put them in the box? <laughs> I know,
1: right? <laughs>
0: I don't think they have an opinion. Yeah. They're inanimate objects.
1: <laughs> they don't
0: even have a mouth, mm-hmm. you know, much less any way to communicate. Yeah.
1: And then, like, we had another one recently, too, where it was there was this puzzle, and we had to, like, match, um, we had to, like, count the number of specific Items that also had the symbol and then the symbol also related to this other thing that also had numbers. And it was just like, it was hard to tell like, okay, we have all these things and we can see they all go together, but we don't know how they all go together. And yeah. we're not sure what the objective here and, is. And
0: that kind of leads me to my final thing mm-hmm. of, I really, really don't like it when rooms that have especially been out and established for a while. I mean, I understand uh-huh. if it's like their first, I'll be generous, three months that they've been open, Uh-huh. Right? Anything after three months and you've been open, you should not have a puzzle in which the Game Master has to now interrupt because, like, I have to tell you, like, how this, how you do this. Yeah. Like, like, anything that the Game Master has to tell me, like, here's how to do a directional lock if Mm -hmm. you've never seen one before, you know, or, like, this is your objective. You're looking for this specific MacGuffin, Uh you know, that's fine. But the second I enter that room... And you close the door. I don't
1: really want
2: to hear I from you again.
0: I, I don't want to be rude, but I should not hear from you unless I ask you to speak. Yeah. Like, unless I'm asking you directly for a clue, do not invade and, like, say, like, don't do that. Or, like, you know, I mean, unless I'm breaking something, of course. Yeah. You know, but, like, there was a room that we did where, you know, first of all, we were doing a puzzle. And the person came up and I'm like, oh, you should do that puzzle later. What? Yeah. Don't tell me when I should do something. Not You're not mm-hmm. my supervisor. Yeah. Hey. And then there's <laughs> other puzzles that we've done recently where, like, as soon as we get to them the person comes on it's like okay so like here's how here's what you're supposed to do i'm like don't remember asking uh-huh yeah, uh, I'm yeah. A good boy.
1: um i think <laughs> that i think yeah definitely the they shouldn't have to break in and also I, it's kind of it reminds me talking of this there was um, a recent thing on an escape room enthusiast group that we are that i belong to where people were talking about what what they called them trick locks I know them better as puzzle locks. Mm-hmm. And what they are is sometimes you will have, it looks like a standard lock that you would put a key into. Oh, those ones. But in yeah. addition to putting the key into, there might be something on the lock that you have to also manipulate to like get Like a it toggle to or something. Yeah, it might be a toggle. It might be, there might be a, a hidden flap or something on the lock. And they were saying... You know, do people think these are fair? Do, do people dislike these in rooms? And a lot of people were like, no, you shouldn't have these. No, you shouldn't have these. I know I, I'm somewhat in the minority because I just happen to be really good at those. So mm-hmm. I like them. But I think anytime we've kind of encountered those in rooms, before we got into the room, the game master would say, okay, there's going to be a lock in there that you're going to encounter at some point that is not just, there's something you need other than just the key to unlock it. You will have to do something else. And
0: see, that's and so they, game. Yeah,
1: they set you up to know that, okay, if you put a key in a lock and it doesn't unlock, you need to rethink, oh, there might be something else I need to do.
0: Or even to go even more obscure, mm-hmm. what I think would still be fair if they said, like, remember, you're going into a tricky place where nothing is as it seems. Mm-hmm. Just saying the word nothing is as it seems... Automatically validates that lock because nothing is as it seems. Uh-huh, yeah. You don't just put the key in the hole You also have to do the other thing mm-hmm. to it, you know I mean like then you can also have more fun with the puzzles of like it's gonna be indirect like oh We have to take this thing and hold it up to the mirror or like blah 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 blah, uh-huh. you know, whatever else. Yeah, so yeah I mean I I personally don't like those locks just because for some reason they hurt my brain and I can't get them to work like <laughs> I hold them and, like, you're telling me, like, directions, like, better than, like, Ikea notes. For, like, <laughs> here's how you do this. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm, I'm doing it. It's not working. And you're like, no, just do it. And I'm like, it's not working.
1: <laughs> I also happen to be really good at those. Um, in fact, they have met a lot of escape rooms. Those little pub puzzles that they have where it will you're be, really like, those. it'll yeah, be, yeah. like, a, a bent nail, two bent nails that are hooked together and you I'm horrible at those. Them. And
0: you do those in your spare time when we're
1: doing the waivers. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I just am good at those kind of things I for just, whatever reason.
0: I, I blame your death hands yeah (laughs) I think that you I I think you have a very high dexterity with your fingers and I think that that's what and I don't you know (laughs) so that's why I think that you're so good at those and I'm not
1: so we've talked about some things that we disliked in escape rooms but now let's talk about an escape room that we really liked in our escape room report so Greg in our last episode and for those who listened to our last episode you will know that we talked about a room that wasn't very good
0: Oh, it was awful. Yeah. I ugh still. Ugh. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and that room and the thing about that room as what we talked about is it was beautiful, but the puzzles were terrible.
2: Yeah. It, and
1: I would say in general we had just done a couple a couple lackluster rooms as of late. And
0: like I'm I'm kind of a visual person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I said in the last episode I, I would prefer a bare bones room but with like great puzzles. That's uh-huh. true. But like a feast for the eyes is always wonderful.
1: Yeah, something that really like puts you into that world. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a good escape room is almost like being in a real life video game, right? Exactly. And so we um, we happened to we were actually going to L.A. Mm-hmm. to pick up some friends from the airport, and so because
0: I was a good friend, quote, yes. and I said, "Sure, I'll pick you up from LAX." Yeah, which is
1: you know it's a good hour hour and a half away from us, so. You know, it, it, we decided what we would do is we would go out a little bit earlier, we'd do an escape room, have some lunch, and then we'd p- be ready to pick up our friends. Like you do. Like you do. Yeah. So we've we never really done this location out in um, LA called 60 Out. Mm-hmm. And it's a fairly popular, they have, they, they're only in LA, but they have several locations in LA.
0: Which I think is cool. They're spread out.
1: Yeah. And, and they, they have, each location has different rooms. That's the thing too. Now we have technically done some 60 out rooms, but we did these rooms when they were actually a different company, and 60 out bought them out. Yeah. And I believe there might even be an episode on that where we talk about their Tiki room and their Krampus room and their. Um... I
0: know for fact we cover Krampus.
1: Yeah. So um, so we have done their rooms, but they weren't 60 out rooms at the time. But we've heard a lot of really great things. They're they're really well known. They actually have licensing for some of the big properties, like they actually have an official Jumanji room. That we really want to do.
0: And as we talked about in, a, in one of our other reports, like, not getting the proper licensing for something, like, kind of wrecks the mood. Yeah,
1: over. yeah, exactly. But they actually, it was actually a movie tie-in. Like Which is awesome. Like, yeah, and I've heard it's really great. We haven't, haven't done like, it yet,
0: but we will. Yeah, and
1: we, so we knew we wanted to do those, but we knew those ones we wanted to do with our friends. So I was just looking around, and they had this one room that opened not too long ago, and it was called Hide and Seek, and I knew it was circus-themed.
0: I love the circus. Yeah, I love clowns.
1: <laughs> like
0: I don't. I understand why people think clowns are scary. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're scary unless they're purposely meant to be scary. Yeah. But like, come on, guys, clowns are great.
1: Yeah, and we've only done one other circus-themed room. Hmm. Um. Which, is, which was also enjoyable. Yeah. Which is also that really was good. fun
0: because you had like the oversized doors. We uh-huh. had to like keep pulling and pulling the the. The rainbow scarves out of the magician's hat. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness! How much, like, <laughs> guys? It was a hundred feet, if not an inch.
1: Yeah, and then that one was very much. It was called Fun House, and so it was very much like supposed to be like a fun house. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they had an opening, and we went. And this room, like, was such a good palate cleanser mm-hmm. because, like I said, we'd been doing a couple not so great rooms. Yeah, and this room was spoiler alert, amazing.
0: It's like if you were starving. Mm -hmm. for a week and eating nothing but like horrible food and then your next meal it's champagne and caviar Mm -hmm. you're like oh (laughs) yeah like it was almost too much i would say
1: it's one of those ones that too like you know you kind of start to question sometimes do i still like escape rooms can escape rooms still surprise me can Mm -hmm. they you know like you start to wonder am i falling out of love with this am i is it not as exciting as it used to be, have I seen it all? Yeah. And this was, like, a, one of those rooms that rejuvenated us to the being enthusiasts. Yeah, like,
0: I don't know, like, if you can really call that there's maybe, like, generations of escape rooms. No, they they actually
1: do. They, they call, do? They okay. call them, like, yeah, gen, they have generations. Okay, rooms.
0: well, this clearly is cutting-edge generation yeah. in terms of the interactivity, in terms of the set design, and all. we're uh-huh. going to get into it, but yeah, this is, like, next level bananas. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, So this room, it's um, two to six players. Obviously, we played it with um, just the two of us. Uh, 60 Out does do where um, when you book it, you're just booking it by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So they do have kind of a, a sliding price scale. So it can. Which I be, understand. I totally get. Yeah. So it can be. It's a little bit more expensive. So like for the, just the two of us, it was forty each. Mm-hmm. So that that is on the higher end. But their rooms are so good that I'm I'm willing to pay that. Oh. They yeah. also offer a lot of discount codes and things. Mm-hmm. So um, that can always be helpful. They say okay. So this room, they say it's it's a medium difficulty, and that you can have um, the minimum age is twelve. This room isn't scary per se Mm-mm. but there are a couple things that might be a little bit scary the monkey yeah the monkey uh, <laughs> the main thing well so first off i have to tell you this room is not handicapped accessible not handicapped accessible all. and why is that Greg?
0: because it's so cool <laughs> To get into the room, mm-hmm. you're, you know, normally you're standing outside, and the door, in the game master like opens the door, and you step in through like the typical door, right? Mm-hmm. Not the case here. To get into the room, you have to climb up into like a circus caravan. Yeah,
1: and it, and the, the whole outside looks like an old circus caravan. Yeah,
0: and like I don't, I I apologize if this word's offensive, but like I was like, we'll get into a gypsy caravan right yeah. now. <laughs> it's great, you know, like like yeah. I honestly expected to see the Wizard of Oz, like before. And- Uh, Yeah, and the
1: thing is, inside it looked like a caravan. caravan. Yeah, it It was was bunks for people to sleep in. You had to kind of duck in a couple cases Mm because it was kind of you know the 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 roof was a little low and it you know it wasn't very big. It was kind of tight. Yeah, Um, it looked like. A gypsy caravan. I mean, it was amazing. And
0: what's cool is that transitioning into the next room, Uh you have to climb down out of the caravan. Yeah.
1: And then you climb into what looks like kind of like a nice outdoor area.
0: Because it's a circus. Of course, they have an outdoor area like in the field where they just Uh set up the circus. Yeah. And there's even like a little like picnic table kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's animal cages. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing too about this room, one of the things that they do and- you know, We'll talk about... We actually did another 60-out room later on, not this this particular visit, mm. and we will talk about that in another episode. But the thing that I think that's what I noticed that they do really well here is, one, everything's very automated. Basically, the Game Master, she runs the whole thing off an um, iPad. Yeah. And I say she because both times we went, they, we had a female Game Master. So everything's pretty much automated. She can reset things, mm-hmm. uh, everything... And they also everything is like they use a ton of sound and atmosphere things.
0: That was amazing.
1: And they did it in both rooms. And this one of the was first really puzzles
0: cool. we had to do mm-hmm. was based upon sound. Yeah. Where I I don't want to spoil too much, but you have to listen for people speaking outside of the caravan, and they are essentially indirectly telling you what you have to do. Uh-huh. And once you do that, then they give you more information mm-hmm. in order to proceed. Yeah. You know, so I like how this takes puzzles. Like, it could have easily been like you just find written down on a piece of paper Uh the code for a combination. But no, they decided to get creative with it.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't even like a. You know, oh, there's a, a recorder here. Like, it really felt like there was somebody outside. Yeah. And then we did something. And that, because basically it was like they didn't want to reveal information. Mm-hmm. And then when you do something, and then they, then they like, revealed information after that. And, like, and- <laughs> I was so
0: into it. I was actually convincing myself, like, we need to be quiet. Because if they hear us, mm-hmm. they might stop talking. Kind of thing. We were like spying on them, and I felt like I'm like James Bond and in uh, Octopussy right now. The one where he goes to the circus. I'm like, Uh yes, this is awesome. You know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then like all of the puzzles, like even I'm just thinking right now of the gypsy cart. First of all, there's a ton of puzzles in this thing.
0: Yeah, and it
1: wasn't like oh, there's three. There's like a ton.
0: And here's the thing. Some of them are like really intuitive.
1: Mm-hmm. Other
0: ones are more abstract. Yeah. But the abstract ones are totally fair. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you're willing to bend your mind. Yeah. You know? And like the the clue master or the game master uh-huh. told in in our case she was this nicest lady and totally willing to give us clues when we asked for them.
1: Yeah. You know. And so I think like, we only did we. I think ask we only asked for, for two. I think we yeah one or two. One time she just like. Oh, I think there was like two times where she interjected, but it was mostly like what we we couldn't we were doing something wrong, and there wasn't really like something telling you what to do, and so she was just like, you know, oh, you need and to do it. The that other was way. the
0: thing too, because there's a lot of abstract things. Uh-huh. So if she sees you struggling with something enough, like. You know, she will give you a helpful nudge, yeah, but not like straight up tell you.
1: Mainly, it was because like we we were we knew what we were supposed to do. It was just like like essentially at one point you have to like sweep, put your arm in something, and she was like, "Oh, you have to sweep it, or it won't see you." Yeah. So it was like she, we knew what we we knew what the puzzle was. It was just she was telling us, "Oh, you have to sweep." it. You have to do to, a certain
0: kind of motion.
1: Yeah, or else the the sensor won't. All like there was first of all there was a ton of puzzles just in the first room alone. Mm-hmm and they like they were all they all fit the theme perfectly yeah. they weren't just open this combination open this combination they all kind of made sense they all yeah they all made sense they all worked with the theme they all, you know, some of them were, you had to put things in a certain order and it would, you know, trigger something to happen. That's or, what I like the most.
0: I like when I do this thing uh-huh. and it doesn't necessarily have to give me a combination. It then triggers something Yeah, And else. a lot of
1: that stuff was, a lot of the stuff was you put something in a certain order and a panel will open and something will fall out. Or That's cool. You know, and
0: yeah. like, I understand, like, you know, it. Just magic for like why that did that. I don't need to have like the full logic. Of like, well, how does me holding up this painting in the sunlight make that? Who cares?
1: Yeah. It's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Know?
1: And then and there was another really cool audio puzzle that was really it was very challenging. I mean, it was doable, but it was challenging. And, and
0: I remember there's a moment where. In this in this room, you really have to use a lot of your senses. You uh-huh. have to use not just your your sight, but you have to use your hearing. At one point, I even had to use my sense of touch and feel because I had to like where is the air draft mm-hmm. for yeah. like a certain thing. I had to like feel around for this, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. There's a third room that's kind of like near the end where there's a puzzle that I kind of don't agree with. How, like it's a fun puzzle. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's just but I it could have like been better. They could have changed things because essentially, I don't want to spoil it. Mm -hmm. As much as I can, right? But it takes two people. You Mm -hmm. have to have two people to do this puzzle. Yeah. One person has to use their body weight to activate a trigger. Mm -hmm. While another person then has to do a series of complicated movements while reading a, uh, a clue display.
1: Like, think of it like what they're doing Simon Says. Yeah. While somebody is just like kind of sitting there, essentially. And
0: my only complaint about this entire room is I think it would have been more interesting if the person who is like just sitting there has to be like the, the, the paperweight. Uh-huh. If they are the only ones who can see Simon Says and they have to relay that information
1: to Yeah, them. it would have made it more... because. I, like it turned out, I was the one who was sitting there. Originally, we had it switched. Yeah, I was I, in the
0: thing, and you were trying to figure it and out. I,
1: and I was like, I, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do, so I was like, let's switch. So we switched, but then I'm just laying there waiting for you to get done, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if, if, yeah, if I had been relaying the information to you, it would have made it more challenging and it would have made it more of because, a. Because, yeah, a, a I, I tool, don't think it's too much know. of a spoiler
0: to say that you're laying down for the thing. So, how good would it be if, as the person's laying down, their very particular view looking up to the ceiling, mm-hmm. you have a very small window that you're looking through that then sees the code of like blue, green, 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 blue, green, uh-huh. red kind of thing. Yeah. And then you can relay that to me. You know, like of course, uh when I was doing it the code was kinda going fast mm-hmm. and so I was moving very frantically and frenetically, so maybe mm-hmm. slow it down like twenty percent so that way you can
1: have time like, to relay. Relay. Yeah. But
0: I think then it would be a perfect game start to finish. Like honestly, that is my only complaint about this entire yeah, day. The one thing I really loved mm-hmm. at the end there is a twist that happens mm-hmm. that makes you run back through the other rooms <laughs> yeah. to be like oh my goodness where is that MacGuffin? Uh-huh. Where is that thing that I need yeah. that I had from room one that I didn't think I needed anymore you Mm -hmm. know and you're like oh and so you're going back and
1: I believe because you're the one who went back and you said like things had kind of changed in a way
0: yeah the atmosphere literally changed the lighting changed and everything it's as if, imagine, like, suddenly a thunderstorm happens, uh-huh. right? Normally, it was a clear night, and all of a sudden, now there's thunder, there's lightning, mm-hmm. there's, you know, like, the sprinklers are going off, you know, you're like, ah, ah,
2: ah. And you're, like, <laughs> and
0: you're like, you know you're on a time limit, and you're frantically running, because also, you know, you have an hour, and you've probably spent yeah. 45, 50 minutes of those trying to get to this last point. So I'm like, I know, whenever I'm allowed to take my, my watch in there, I usually start a timer of, like, stop uh-huh. you know, like just in case there's no actual physical clock. Yeah, because sometimes,
1: sometimes the clock, especially if it's a multi-room, multi-roomed multi one, they may have a clock in one room and not the other rooms. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, if, if we're... We've done rooms where they've literally told us to take our watches yeah, off. Yeah, because
0: they don't want the actual... And I'm totally willing to yeah, play by that rule. But yeah,
1: he usually does if, if he's allowed Plus to Plus, I like on. the
0: personal like knowledge of, like, you know, we have 15 minutes left, we should really step up yeah, our game, you know? Yeah. There's one room that we did where... I forgot to start my watch and I was like gosh I have no idea we could have been in here for five minutes we could have been here for 20 minutes Yeah. sorry don't know <laughs> and that kind of gives me anxiety you know mm-hmm. but running through again and then having to go through these the previous rooms that normally you never go back to again Yeah. and then being like where is it? I know it. I don't, did I leave it, you know, especially <laughs> if you actually pick up this item and then just toss mm-hmm. it somewhere. Like I almost did <laughs> Instead yeah. of leaving it where I found it, that would have been a nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite things about it was it's in like the second area you go into and there's a puzzle you have to do. And one, it was, we kind of figured out what we were supposed to do, but then I was the one who kind of realized that, it was like you had to put things in an order but i realized which ones we shouldn't put you, things yeah, into yeah you were right yeah and then but i loved like the trigger then mm-hmm. because they once again bring in that audio of like an actor mm-hmm. i mean it's not an actual actor who's there but like the the way they did it and the realist you know how that realistic was it was. Cool. It was just super cool, and it was like a fun kind of physical interaction thing we got to do. Yeah, and uh, like which honestly I Yeah,
0: I was stumped up there. I, I, we had done an input, and I'm like, that's clearly it. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I was kind of almost looking at the game actually like, did we do it?
1: Yeah, like, I do, think, is, I think is it it's not working? working. <laughs> and
0: and you were actually the one who had that eureka moment. You're like, uh-huh. no, that's what it is. Yeah. You know?
1: Um, the, the only thing I would say, and I, I, this will come back, I think when we talk about the other room that we did at this location, the only thing I will say that I didn't necessarily like about the room Um, I, I do agree with you where I think that one puzzle is fine. That last thing Mm -hmm. that you kind of do, but, um, it could be, they, they could have, they could step it up and make it even better by making that change. But, um, there's a couple things in the room and like the one I, I think we talked about where you have to like put your arm in something and you have to wave it a certain Mm -hmm. way. And the thing is that that's fine. But like the only way you'd kind of know to do that is if the... Um, game master intercedes and there was just a couple moments where the game master like the very the very final thing you have to do like the game master kind of has to talk you through it because there's not really anything that's That's written down and told you and i just like i don't love that i wish that the you know not
0: it just takes a little bit of a rewrite of the instructions of the clue yeah and then like really all they need to do is just go back and just like redraft those two pieces of paper that give you the information about Uh like, you know, do a circular motion, you know, or like, you know, hold hands when you're doing this. Yeah. I think the,
1: and I think the very last one where, yeah, she does sort of walk you through the last one, because like I said, it's not even a matter of we didn't get it, but it was like, it's literally, it doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, well now you have to do this. They could easily, because they, they have such good uh, audio recordings of actors have it, like, all of a sudden, it, the person comes on and is like, whoo-hoo-hoo, I'm going to do this now. But unless you do that, you know, like, well, it, okay. it doesn't have to be the game master. Or even
0: this, right? There was a point where we actually had to put a VHS tape in a,
1: uh-huh. you know, in
0: a VCR and, like, watch a video. Why not use that gimmick again? Why not have, like, a projector plane
2: mm-hmm. of,
0: like, an old movie projector show of, like, you know, um, a circus uh, actor performing the action that we need to do uh uh-huh. you know saying like oh it's the amazing stromboli you mm-hmm. know and his hula hoop skills or whatever you know yeah and they show him doing the hula hoop skill so you know oh so i have to do that too
1: yeah yeah i just like i felt like there was too many times where the game master has to tell you yeah, what to and, do
0: and like yeah i think that there's there's an easy fix for both exactly the situations. yeah
1: and like i mean
0: Minor complaints. Yeah, no. Of a great, It's, great it's a room.
1: really great room. I mean, I would highly recommend this room. I'd highly recommend the company. Um, this this location, so this is their time. Temp- I
0: don't recommend the parking lot for this location because it's super but tiny. But they do
1: have one.
0: But they do have dedicated parking. They do parties. have a
1: dedicated parking and lot. And by at-
0: a parking lot, I mean three spaces. Three
1: spaces, yes. But usually, like, I don't think they let the employees park there. Mm-mm. So that, you know. And they also have a very nice waiting room.
0: Oh, the waiting room's are
1: cool. Yeah, they have a they have like a TV, the waiting room is totally chill. Yeah, and like they have little games and magazines and stuff set up, and they have some cute like cool merch and stuff that you can buy. Um, one day we went there. It was very cold. I felt very bad for the girls that were working there. They were all wearing their coats. Yeah, (laughs) and one one girl was like, "I wore
0: shorts because it's Southern California. I thought it'd be fine."
1: Um, because it's sort of like a um industrial building that they took over, Mm -hmm. which is usually like in our experience. If an escape room is in an industrial building, usually that's like you find the best. Ones. Because they don't have
0: office walls, yeah, constraining them. They're like open space, yeah.
1: Which, like, once again, like one of the things that, first of all, it's not you're not just like you don't just they don't just lead you up to a plain office door and open they it. They lead you and up to a room. caravan. They lead you up to a caravan, and you get in the caravan, and that's not like. That's not just a unique trait of this room, too. It's all the rooms, like, whatever their theme is, the theme starts before you even get in the room. Mm -hmm. And I always like when that happens.
0: Entering into an escape room, we're entering into a world of make-believe, of fantasy, of rules and role-playing, right? But, like, when you start off with the door itself, is like a freaking wardrobe and you're like you're gonna do the narnia room climb through the coats yeah yes please <laughs>
1: yeah the other thing i will say about this it was kind of funny at the time is the day we did this room and it's it's been a um a month or two since we did it um the day we did it they um was actually right around the time that there was this big kind of story going on in the news that um a couple teenagers in poland had died in an escape room very sad yeah because yeah, a fire had broken out and it's, so that was big news and it just happens this room has a, a theme of someone setting a fire but um so but we're I like do, Ooh. yeah we're like Ooh, too soon but um i do want to say though if you do if you haven't done a lot of escape rooms and you did see that in the news um other countries outside of America do not have the same safety regulations that we have. Um, in America, things are highly controlled by OSHA and other companies. And so that is something that like, I know right now Poland is dealing with because they have tons of escape rooms. And now Poland's going, wait a second, we don't have safety regulations for these. We need to do that. And Maybe so, we shouldn't
0: actually lock people in.
1: Yeah, like we, should, we shouldn't actually lock people in. We should have these safety procedures and things like that. And... Um, I know it can be very common sometimes in foreign rooms to actually have different forms of electrical shock that you might get shocked and stuff. No, and that would not happen in an American room. Did I forget so... to mention that I have a pacemaker? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, don't be like don't be afraid. There are pretty high standards. It's not to say that I've we've never seen an escape room who's maybe doing something that they shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. but um, there are high standards, and escape rooms are not. Dangerous. This was kind of it was kind of a freak accident, and also, you know, other places may not have the same safety regulations and may not be up to code. So, but you're safe doing rooms in America. It's not a dangerous thing. Don't be afraid.
0: If there's no waiver, lock out the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they
1: don't have a waiver, and see that's the other thing. Other countries don't require you to sign a waiver. In America, we every room we have to sign a waiver. Yeah. In fact, Greg and I have done so many rooms now. That most of a lot of the companies use the same system for their waivers. Yeah. Their systems know us, so like we'll go to a whole other location, and it will just already start populating our information. At this point, in.
0: I can recite the legal waiver to the owner. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um. So this this location, it this is um, it's on Temple Street. It's their Silver Lake location, and they have, in addition to the hide and seek room, they also have an Amityville room, which is obviously going to be a horror room, mm-hmm. and they have um, a room called Cartel, which is a DEA undercover room. But we we would highly recommend this location. We actually did do another room there. We did the cartel room, and we will be talking about that one in an upcoming episode. Okay, I, I
0: just to jump the gun a little bit. The cartel room entrance is you awesome. literally okay. First of all, you can <laughs> when you're in the lobby, yeah, you right, can see
1: the cartel entrance.
0: Yeah, to 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 see the caravan you actually have to go down the hall and turn the mm-hmm. corner so it was like a reveal for us like yeah. this is it the car- the cartel one the van is literally it's half a van sticking out of the wall right there in the and lobby and that is the entrance it, it <laughs> almost looks like the van crashed the wall and when we did do it which we uh-huh. will talk about a future episode yes. we had to get into the van yeah. like through the passenger door and then just sit in the back
1: until <laughs> like the game
0: master is like hey and you started you know yeah. so, very cool
1: we're really hoping to do more 60-out rooms. Like I said, we really want to do the Jumanji room. They have a couple others that we really want to do. Um, We've just been waiting sort of for our friends to be able to do them with with us. We kind of, you know, I took a a bet that they wouldn't care so much about the hide-and-seek room. I did sort of... I regret it afterwards because it was such a great room mm-hmm. that i was like, honestly like oh, i kind of wish that they had been there with us and then it just happened too we ended up we went and did cartel with somebody else and i was like oh, i wish we hadn't just done that other room because it was so great i wish but we could go
0: here's two. the thing though right mm-hmm. escape rooms in in my opinion to do another metaphor uh-huh. i missed a metaphor today are kind of like books like you can read a great book and then you could be like and now i know that story I don't ever technically have to read that again, you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's fun to revisit, even though you yeah. know what's coming, It it's still fun to go or like to then like share that with someone else. Mm-hmm. These rooms, I would totally be willing to pay full price again, just so I can have the experience again with my friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, and we we have done rooms a second time where we're doing it with friends who haven't. And so we've gotten really, we, it, we didn't start out this way, but we've gotten good about kind of. Hanging back and letting we, them letting it. them experience it and helping when we need to help and you know just enjoying the room and enjoying them enjoying the room.
0: I, that's, um, I think that's why I started putting on costumes when I'm in the room. Yeah, because like. Pretend to be character. Like stop going through my house. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Um, I I want to say the first time that we redid a room, we weren't as good as that, and we ended up like rushing the room. Oh, we blew the doors off that room. Um, but we've gotten better about that. Just same as we've gotten better too about now that we've done so many rooms. When we are paired with strangers, not only can we work better with the strangers, but also if we know they haven't done a lot of rooms, Greg and I will often take a step back too and kind of. One, we usually won't tell them how many rooms we've done.
0: No, because that's intimidating.
1: It's intimidating, and also it sets up a, you know, we've literally had them then suddenly where they're like, oh, well, how, how do I do this? Or you're here, the expert. Or they'll find something, and they'll give it to you, and you're like you can do this. Like, I don't have to do this, you yeah. know? So we kind of won't tell them and we'll kind of really try our best to, if we find something, we'll be like, here, look what we found. Do you want to do this? Or here you input the code.
0: I do like make it a special point. If we ever do play with a little kid, which is rare, uh-huh. but like making sure they put in as many codes as possible. Yeah. You know, like you can find the code, but then give it to Timmy. Uh huh. So, like, yeah. you know, here you go, Susie. You put, no, it's a four. <laughs> but, that four looks like an h upside down
1: (laughs) yeah and making sure the kid doesn't reset the lock which almost happened to us (laughs) lord almighty (laughs) okay so i think that's it for this escape room report let's move on to our friday favorites Okay, Greg, that was a really great escape room. Oh, but thank goodness. Yes. I mean, we
0: needed that. We did need it. It, it
1: validated our love for escape rooms. I
0: think, it, I think our relationship needed that, too. <laughs> like, I think we needed a good, solid win. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> but now let's talk about our Friday favorites. So what game is on your mind this week, Greg?
0: There's a game that I, we have. I've only just taken out the box and looked at it myself because I like to put all the pieces in front of me mm-hmm. and, like, just kind of, like, look at them. But uh, we're going to do Sonar. The four player edition, not the eight player edition, which I know we've talked about in this game before where we did the asymmetric games, Uh uh, you know, a dice roll segment. But uh, we're going to get into that. And I think it'd be fun if we draw teammates randomly, because it would be the normal assumption Mm -hmm. of you and I, Uh because we're a couple, or are the two friends because they're a couple. But I think let's, let's just, you know, maybe, maybe it ends up being boys versus girls. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the couples or maybe it's like a, like a couple Um, swap. Right? Where, like, I'm with the other girl mm-hmm. from the couple, and then you're with her boyfriend. That might happen. It, it could be fun, mm-hmm. you know? Because the thing about this game, there's going to be a lot of yelling and a lot of shouting. <laughs> and But, like, it's, it's a great game, but, like, there's going to be a lot of stress.
2: <laughs>
0: and, like, it'll be fun, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I know, also, what we're going to do for food.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Can
0: you guess? No. Submarine sandwiches.
1: Oh, okay. How fun would that be? Yeah. I would like to go on theme with my parties when yes, I can. Yes, we do. Um, ooh, so...
0: ooh submarine sandwiches with tuna fish because it's,
2: it's, <laughs> we should, it's seafood.
1: We should make those um, those drinks where you get the little gummy sharks and you... Yes. <laughs> Write it down. Well, why do, we're recording. Why do we have to yeah. <laughs> It's on the record. <laughs> uh, we'll just have to find those. Okay.
0: We're doing this. You're taking pictures and posting. Oh,
1: of course. Of course. Always. Um, so my Friday favorites. This is actually a game that we got for Christmas. And it was kind of a surprise because we didn't ask for it or anything like that. It wasn't really on our radar. It was forced upon us. Yeah. Um, but it, it did make sense. So um, we got the Ticket to Ride Rails and Sales Super edition. fun. And um, my mom got it for us and she really, we introduced her to Ticket to Ride and she really loves it. She even plays the um, the app version mm-hmm. um, on, on her own. Um, so she had bought this version because she just saw it and she knew we didn't have this one. And we do have quite the collection of um, Ticket to Ride. Look it's- at our
0: tickets, aren't they all
1: neat? <laughs> yes. When you think Lauren's collection's complete. <laughs> we actually recently posted some pictures on Instagram of our um, new game shelf that we've kind of set up. And we have all our tickets to ride together. And they so there's be. a picture of that up there if you guys are interested it, to see.
0: I almost want to put them in order of release date, but we kind of have more in order for like how we play them. Yeah. But like my OCD is like,
1: no, America should be on top. <laughs> but we finally, we finally, we haven't, we hadn't played it. We finally cracked it open the other day mm-hmm. and we both really loved it. Um, the nice thing about um, Ticket to Ride is each version, it's not just like they slapped a new picture on or a new theme on. Mm-hmm. There's actually different sort of um, rules that come to play and different, slightly different variations on how to play it. Oh yeah. Which which is nice because if you know how to play Ticket to Ride, you're gonna know how to play this new version and you're just going to have to learn a couple new rules. So it makes- A couple fun. new
0: rules and then the map has different strategies to it mm-hmm. and based upon like, you know, you don't automatically know if I don't make the Chicago to New York connection, I'm screwed. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm playing with the Netherlands map? I don't know any of these cities. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to be the best route or not. Yeah, but it's nice
1: because it makes the learning curve really quick Mm -hmm. because if you already know the base ticket to ride, you just have to learn a couple new things and you're set to go. Um, Rails and sails... It's maybe not the, I don't want to say it's the most complicated Ticket to Ride. No, because, it's next level. Yeah, because um, the, the London version or the UK version is very complicated as well. Oh, that's true. But this one, it definitely adds a real um, layer of complexity to it mm-hmm. and definitely makes it like more challenging. So if you're used to playing Ticket to Ride and it's gotten a little stale, I'd really recommend Rails and Sales because it definitely ups that complexity and it really makes you think. And it yeah. makes you. It really makes you change your strategy well, up. Well,
2: I
0: think just let's just get into it real quick, um, because you have trains and you have boats. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning of your game, once you get your tickets, you know to see where you're going, you have to decide. You only get fifty total. How many trains and how many boats do you want? Yeah. And one of the new things you can do is later on in the game you can exchange boats for trains or vice versa if you need to swap out some. But it will cost you points. Yeah, which that's So that at the very beginning, you have to kind of call your shot
2: uh-huh. of
0: like, I think I need about a 60-40 split in terms of percentages uh-huh. here. But if you're wrong, oh man. Yeah, like, and
1: you and I both in you know, we really thought about like we were really thinking about yeah, what we, we, got we wanted.
0: Deep, like, I, 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 at first, I really wanted to go halvesies. Yeah, you
1: know? but, but then, like, I then I was gonna go twenty thirty, but then I decided to go twenty five thirty. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I was agonizing because I almost
0: got a dead on to mm-hmm. our first game. I was like, do like twenty five thirty five or whatever mm-hmm. it was. It was like, no, switch out three more, and then like it turns out I only need to switch out two more. I was like, one off I was like, oh, yeah, I almost so got a know, dead it on perfect. Day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like just something
0: told me. Um, and then
1: you also have this added um, complexity of you have a train deck and you have a boat deck. And the cards that you would put out that you can select from, you, the player, can kind of choose, like... Do you want more boats you out want or more trains more out? More boats yeah. out, more trains out. And you can not only help yourself, but you can also you know, create a disadvantage for your fellow players. Because if Laura
0: knows I'm going for nothing but trains right now, because uh-huh. I'm trying to cross Asia, like the hard way, mm-hmm. she can just put out a whole bunch of boats. And I'm like, well, I have no choice but to just take off the top line.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was definitely a lot of fun and um, much more challenging, I would say. Mm-hmm. So we really like that, and we're looking forward to playing it. Greg has even said that it may be his favorite Ticket to Ride now.
0: Honestly, yeah. The only complaint I really have is that you have the rainbow cards in there, which, mm-hmm. as we all know, if you've played Ticket to Ride, counts as the wild card. Yeah. And on some routes, they even have the symbol for a locomotive, which means you have to have a rainbow card. Mm-hmm. My only complaint, though, is that the rainbow card on it, when you look at the, f- the front face of it, it has a picture of the locomotive and has a picture of a boat, which means it doubles as either one, right? Mm-hmm. I totally get that but they only have those cards in the train deck. There's none of those cards in the boat deck. And like, I get how there's some strategy there for like, okay, so most of the map appears to be nothing but boats.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, it seems like more boats. Right, like
0: if if I was to count it out, I'd be willing to bet that it's like 65% boats, 45% or 35% trains on the actual map Mm -hmm. for like what you can do, right? Mm I guess it makes strategical sense for like, do you really want to dedicate like having all these train cards you may not need to dig for those wilds. But at the same time, I think throwing a couple wilds into the boats would not have been a bad idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know either way, but um, we're definitely going to be playing that one uh, more and we're, we just played it the two of us. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to play I, it with our friends. You know what?
0: I honestly don't think Sonar's is going to take a super long time. Like it can or it cannot, you know. But I'm more than happy to then decide to <laughs> yeah. take to ride afterwards. We'll
1: see. Um, so that, I think that does it for this episode. But um, after you, by the time you hear this, or maybe a little after then, or at least the next time you hear us, we will have gone to Dice Tower West. Whoop, whoop. So we're really looking forward to that. That's our first board game convention. So we're really excited to get out there and play games with people.
0: I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I uh huh.
1: We don't. It, completely know what to expect but we're looking forward to it but we're going to be out there and we're going to be doing some escape rooms with people so we're excited about that yeah it'll be really fun music for this episode was provided by bensound.com as always you can find us anywhere podcasts are available rates and reviews on itunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast we can be found at game friday on instagram twitter and facebook come talk games with us thanks for listening bye and see you in vegas